Welcome to Meaningful Meditation for Life, hosted by Dr. Erhard Vogel, who has taught among the Himalayan sages for the past 50 years and is recognized around the world as a master teacher of self-realization. On this podcast, we invite you to discover his teachings, guided meditations, and classes. You'll return over and over to your favorite episodes in the archive and continue to grow with each new episode. This is the Fundamental Meditation Series. You'll learn meditation and self-realization from a master teacher. You'll learn the importance of knowing who you really are and experiencing a life true to yourself. Good evening, everyone. While we have but a brief hour, and I have been asked by the Seroptimist Club to speak to you about these challenging times, how we can best uh, prevail towards our success, and also to teach you about meditation and to give you a uh, guided meditation experience as an example. So um, we need about four hours for that. I need you to listen and meditate very quickly so that we can get it all done. <laughs> um, I just want to ask you just be relaxed and stay focused and focus on experiencing what we're talking about here instead of just registering it with your mind. Because through experience you will make much deeper impression and have then your own direct knowledge available to help you through your life. These times are uncertain and it is up to us to meet the challenge in the way that we choose. Challenge is well known to also be a time of opportunity. So it's your choice to become a victim to these circumstances or to rise above them and therefore empower your life and make it more significant, more purposeful, more fulfilling to you. The mission statement of the Seroptimist Club states that it is formed to improve the lives of women and girls through programs leading to social and economic empowerment. Well, if that's accomplished for women and girls, it'll be accomplished for all people. Because women and girls have a powerful influence upon the rest of the species, who will only benefit by that. The mission statement of Nataraja Ashram is to serve humanity by alleviating suffering and empowering individuals to fulfill their deepest needs, desires, and aspirations. So you can see how both of these statements are quite similar. Their mission is one of empowerment. Now, you can be economically empowered, you can be socially empowered. I say to you that an even greater and most important empowerment is self-empowerment. 
To be self-empowered, your life needs to be led by the being who you really are. That is the real self, not that which is of the societal dictate or the I ought to be girl or man or woman or whatever, but the real you that you are. In order to be able to call upon self to lead a fulfilling and meaningful life, you need to know self. You need to know what your real identity is. And that is where a lot of people are missing out because they identify themselves either as a man or a woman or as a doctor or as a manager or as a, a householder or, in other words, as a function or a biological state. However, that is not your real identity. That's something you do or something your body uh, expresses. The real identity is what you are in essence, what you are fundamentally. It is that without which you could not be. So this irreducible something about you that we call the real self with a capital S, your real identity needs to be known by you and be in touch with in order to be able, for you to be able to meaningfully lead your life. Because if not, if you're addressing your life to someone who, are, who you are not, if you're addressing your life to someone who you are not, who does your life go to? Not you, right? Um, I think, Diane, you're, if you put yourself on mute, you won't have the, uh, the echoes and sounds. So did you hear that? If you address your life towards somebody who you're not, then you're left out of the loop. We live in a, in a culture of great opportunity and great resources. We lack not to a large degree. At least, you know, we are relatively privileged people. And yet, this is a land of a lot of depression, a lot of anger, and a lot of division and conflict. Why? I think the, underlying, the most underlying reason is lack of touch with self. When you're not in touch with yourself, you feel deprived. You feel a loss. And it causes a suffering that becomes the root cause for anxiety. And that, unalleviated, causes depression. And that then causes anger. And these are symptoms, I think, well known by almost everyone that they exist in our culture. So, in order for us to successfully 
get through this challenging coronavirus time, we need to have a strong and empowered relationship with self, with the being that we really are. Does that make sense to you? Okay. Relationship. So who has a relationship? How do I have a relationship with self? Well, it means that your mind is knowing, knowingly relating to who you are, because your mind knows who you are through having learned. Most people need to learn. They need to even learn to pay attention to who they are. Oh, I always pay attention. Yeah, but is it to circumstances and conditions or is it to yourself? Often we are so distracted by circumstances and conditions which has our mind go from one situation to another to another without even our control. And then we are left behind feeling deprived and frustrated. So to be in charge, we have to be able to focus our mind. That means to bring the divergent rays of the mind together onto a chosen point of focus. And if the chosen point of focus is the being that you are, then you have a fundamental touchstone from which you can then relate to everything else in the awareness of the being that you are. Huh? Relate to everything in the awareness of the being that you are. Then your life becomes very rich and very fulfilling and deeply satisfying, irrespective of the circumstances and conditions. So when you're no longer led by the nose, by circumstances and conditions, then you are free to be empowered. And in being empowered, you make choices that are for your benefit, for your fulfillment. Yes, fulfillment is possible and it shouldn't just be used as an empty term. In the state of fulfillment, you are in touch with all that is you, and through that, with all that is part of your environment and your life, and all that is. That is fulfillment. In film, fulfillment, you need no more. You have no more suffering. In fulfillment, you are at peace, and you're rich, and you're in joy. And one of the principal things that takes place then, when you learn to be in awareness of self, you learn to unconditionally accept the being that you are. Think of that. Unconditionally accepting yourself. Do you know that is very rare? If you were to look in within, Sometimes, when you just silence for a few moments all the noise, 
you often find out that there is an internal track of constant monologue about you. And with the majority of people, that is not a positive monologue. It seizes upon ancient criticisms and doubts and mistrusts of you. Are you at all aware of that? And that negative monologue needs to be replaced with a powerful, positive one that comes not from formulae, not from just, uh, you know, the many programs you come across now and then, you know, with affirmations or just nice things to say to yourself and so on, because they're not convincing. They need to come from direct experience of yourself as a valid, rich, positive, empowered being. When you do this long enough, what happens is there grows within you an unconditional acceptance of the being that you are. Just think of that for a moment. If you were to unconditionally accept yourself as the being that you are, how does that feel? Unconditional acceptance by yourself of yourself. That is the root of love. Unconditional acceptance of the being that you are is the root of love. Imagine you living with a, a constant base of love of self. And all of your relationships are empowered by that love. Because that's the relationship with yourself. Where when your mind thinks about you and speaks about you, it is with that unconditional acceptance, with that love. Your feelings are of love and unconditional acceptance. Even your, your senses relate in that wonderful, rich field of love by which you now relate with yourself. Then you are truly empowered. And in that empowerment, you are independent of circumstances and conditions. Now, ask yourself, where are you more effective? When you are a, 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 a prisoner or even a victim of circumstances and conditions, or when you are empowered in relationship to circumstances and conditions? Obviously, it's the first one as a victim, right? No? <laughs> But isn't that what most people propagate? That kind of victimhood? Because they run from one circumstance to another to another, instead of being empowered in their experience of being the being that they are. And that with unconditional acceptance and love. That is where the empowerment lies. Now, these things are nice to talk about, and you might even agree with some of the things that I say, and you might even have some experience of it, all of which is progress, but not yet enough. You need to live it. To be empowered, you need to live in that rich, 
accepting, loving relationship with the being that you are. In that empowerment then, you will relate to everyone else and all the circumstances and conditions in that security, in that strength, in that equanimity, this peacefulness, yes? And will enjoy those relationships irrespective of what they are because you're always in the joy of being, being you. This is not a philosophical or theoretical thing, not a religious thing. It's, an, it's to be experienced in reality. But how do you get yourself to experience this in reality? By learning to, number one, have the, by learning to have the knowledge of all of this, and have that in great expansion and as well as detail. And then having that knowledge through your own experience, which you can be guided towards. And then to live it so steadily that it becomes your way of being. Because with most people, their way of being is conditioned. Conditioned means that when we grow up, we learn, we have certain influences upon us, right? From, from early childhood, even a babyhood on. There are certain influences that make impressions upon the mate, our, our psychological and neurological matrix. Every experience makes an, an impression. If the experiences are contrary of the truth, of being, contrary to who we are, we would say they are negative experiences. If they are in harmony with who we are, they are positive experiences. Unfortunately, most people have not grown up being told that they are empowered and beautiful and, and interconnected and able to be at peace and enjoy and so on. Most young people are trained by don'ts. Do you understand that? Do you remember that? Don't do this, don't do that. Don't eat the peas before the mashed potatoes. Often un completely unnecessary things, which leave an impression on, upon the youngster that I'm not able, I'm not capable of making my own choices. There are many ways that we can have negative impressions in our society, even if we have really good parents, and still adopt a lot of negative impressions. Well, those negative impressions, they, they have a tendency to repeat the behaviors or the situations that cause those impressions. Each impression is laden with a latent energy to repeat itself, thus deepen the impression, whether it's negative or positive. So if there's a prevalence of negative impressions, we tend, tendencies tend to live a more negative life. Often not by our choice, but it's by the choice of the tendencies that then dictate our behaviors, our ways of feeling, our ways of thinking, then our ways of making choices, 
our ways of acting. Are you with me on that? Are you, do you understand? So, if we're responding to our impressions and our tendencies, then we are no longer self-empowered. We're victimized by the training that comes from the past that we have unwittingly repeated throughout our life. We can free ourselves from that by learning to know and understand ourselves in relationship to everything else, to events, to feelings and emotions, to our own instruments. Instruments that we call the faculties, like mind, feelings, emotions, senses, intellect and intuition. They are our instruments of actually evolving through this life. So we can take hold of those instruments and have them work for us. Like when you focus your mind and train it to, to remain on a point of focus that you choose, then you learn to have control of your mind and so that it will serve you as opposed to whatever comes along, whatever impulses are there. Right? So you can learn to do that. Then you can learn to place yourself, feel this for a moment, to place yourself by will, by your choice, in a state in which you're deeply balanced, in harmony, in tranquility, in peace, where your mind is still but completely awake and present to you, focused within you. Can you just even imagine that state where you are that calm, but vibrant and dynamic, but focused and present unto yourself? And where all of your faculties, you know, they are in harmony with each other not in conflict and competition with each other, which they often are, where the mind says, I want you to do such and such, and the feelings say, oh, no, we don't want that. And the senses say, no, we want this or that. All in conflict with each other, right? So imagine they're all in harmony with each other and devotedly attending to you, your faculties, devotedly attending to you continuously. What kind of life would that be? Oh, it's terrible. It has to be avoided at all costs, right? Why do I say that? Because isn't that what we do? We avoid that. We look for distractions. We look for disturbances. And because we are habituated or conditioned to that. So again, back to that state. Imagine the state where at will, your mind, feelings, emotions, senses, everything about you are focused within you in dynamic balance and harmony. Do you know what they sometimes in sports also call that? That's, they call that when somebody is in the zone. What happens in the zone is you can transcend the normal workings 
of your faculties, even your body. You can go way beyond what you're accustomed to when you're in the zone. Sometimes people get into that state after hours and hours of practice over a period of weeks and months and years, like sometimes like athlete, Olympic athletes do. What, what devotion, or athletes of any kind, sometimes an enormous amount of devotion that they put into their practice, and then they can thereby get themselves sometimes in, into the zone. We learn to place ourselves into the zone as a continuous state, at will. Do you know what that, that state is in which, what it's called, the state in which you are completely present to yourself with all your faculties, focused upon the experience of the being that you are in relationship with all, with unconditional acceptance, with love. You know what that state is called? Meditation. And that's what you wanted me to talk to you about. So I've been talking to you about meditation. That is the ultimate state of being in relationship with yourself. The ultimate state of being successful in leading your life to your fulfillment. The ultimate state of empowerment, because herein you are free. You're present, you're focused, you are at peace, and you're in charge. You're the empowered one. That is the state of meditation. There's a lot of talk about meditation nowadays. There are a lot of meditation groups and schools and teachers and classes and so on. But realize that very few teachers even know that there are specific ways, specific steps that you can learn that make it easy for you to get into the state of meditation and without which those steps, meditation is very, very difficult to learn. Because you have the interference, usually of your mind, and, and the, the disturbed state of your faculties, or the imbalanced state of your faculties. So usually when you hear, well, I'll give you an example. I traveled through the um, college and university circuit of the United States and parts of Canada and so on in the early 70s. And I taught meditation to large groups of hundreds, sometimes two, three hundred. And I'd, I'd speak about the benefits of meditation and how our students, how they progress and how wonderful their life becomes and so on. And almost every time afterwards, people would come up to me with questions and say, look, I've been doing such and such meditation for 15 years now or 10 years, or whatever, whoever it was, and I've been doing, you know, at least an hour a day, and I've been really sincere about it, but I, in all these years, I've never gotten those benefits that you talk about. And I'd say, and this is including medita meditation teachers, and I'd say, always ask, 
Well, what are the steps that you use to prepare yourself for meditation? Uh, what? What steps? Look, what I do is I sit down and I look at a, let's say, a mandala, a picture, or a candle, or I just try to make my mind still. And that's usually as far as I get. I don't get to those states that you're talking about. Well, there's the problem. There's much more you can do. Number one, if the main thing that you're trying to do is get your mind to be still, which it has to be, but if that's what you focus on, what does your mind do? The same thing that a three-year-old bunch of boys do when you ask them to no longer speak. What? They become suddenly very verbal, don't they? If you tell your mind that you want it to be still, it'll have to go on chattering like crazy because it does not want to be constricted like that in stillness. You got, you got to be smarter than that. You got to give your mind something to be focused upon. And then if, if you want to do that, you can make it something of your choice. So what we do, when if I lead you now through a guided approach to meditation, we first learn to relax the body in detail and in great depth. Now, you can do some of that today, even if you've never done it before. But with repetition, you learn to get deeper and deeper. With relaxation, that's even deeper than uh, two hours of deep sleep in, in, in the night. That relaxation will then affect the mind and all the other faculties. Then you bring them all together and at a chosen point. Well, what better point is there than right here in your center, the area of your heart? Because that's where you focus your consciousness, your awareness of being is focused here. So you learn to bring your mind to come to rest in the area of your heart, reminded by your breathing, constantly to be present there. Reminded, mind, <laughs> right? To be present right there in the center. And with, again, with practice, my, my students, they do that like, just like that. They can, they can have their mind present in the area of your heart or their heart. And then you, you establish the beautiful balance between all of your faculties that you see now present in your center in the area of your heart. Because if you get the mind to go there, the others will come along because they're all directed by the mind. So they're all there and you then cultivate, you nurture that state of being just tranquil and calm, peaceful, present. Then something beautiful happens. It's something that's beyond words. It's a, it's a state, a state of being clear, utterly clear within yourself, utterly present. And that becomes the most all-embracing, all-inclusive state. 
you don't create that by your mind. You have created the conditions that allow for that state to blossom within you, to come forth from your very core, because in essence, it is there. That's what your essence is about. That utter harmony, tranquility, pure power of being. Then you're in a state of continuous consciousness that is called meditation. Make sense? You can do it. So what I'd like to do now is, if you want to join, uh, I'll give you a, a guidance of how to bring about the state of preparation for meditation, and then you take it from there. Would you like to do that? I promise you I'm going to only make suggestions that are positive to you. And of course, every step of the way is still your choice. I'm not going to do your meditation. I'm happy within my own. You can be happy within your own, if you so choose. Okay? So, here we go. Seat yourself in a comfortable upright position in which you can remain without further adjustment so that you don't spend the whole time fidgeting. Keep your head upright. Don't let it sag down because then you put pressure and you also fall asleep. Consider your company that is being with yourself interesting enough to not fall asleep. If your lover had been absent for many years and were to show up and start talking to you, you wouldn't fall asleep, would you? So, thus, be your lover with yourself and be alert and alive in your own presence. Yes? Okay. So now, you're comfortably seated. Your feet can be flat on the floor. If you're cross, sitting cross-legged, that's fine too. And take a nice deep breath and exhale. Cause your breathing now to flow evenly and easily. And for a few moments, just observe the flow of your breath, but let it flow on its own. You don't, your mind doesn't have to direct it anymore. Your breath knows how to move by itself. So just observe it flow and become more and more fluid and harmonious and natural, easy. Keep your mind on observing the flow of your breath. So with that now, while observing the flow of the breath, notice where the breath goes. It goes to your lungs. That area also contains the heart. So this area of your heart, consider that to be your center. You can just determine that, that that is your center. So you just observe your breath 
as you inhale, flowing to your center. And then the exhalation is just gently letting it flow out on its own. But every time you inhale, you expand in the awareness of yourself. And as you exhale, you let go of all disturbances, all hindrances, all limitations. And just let the, the breath flow like that and your experience flow along without the mind actually taking charge now. Mind is just observing like an, an impassionate observer. Observer without opinions and prejudices, just observes. So keep your mind in the area of your heart. And after a while, the mind finds it to be very comfortable and safe there, feels secure there. And it, your center, the area of your heart, becomes your refuge for your mind, even the mind's home. Have your mind feel at home here, in your center, in the area of your heart. And from this home now, you have your mind send an impulse to the various parts of your body that I will mention. The impulse is to relax. For example, start with your head. Tell your head to relax. And you can actually feel relaxation flow from the top of the head down through the forehead, through the temples, the brow, down into the eyes, relax, deep within the sockets. Focus on this, all your facial muscles relax, just let go. Mouth and tongue and jaw go slack, relax. Relax your throat and your neck now. Just relax. And send that relaxing energy flow from the head through the neck down into the shoulders and from there down your back. Down your back. Down through the rib cage, through the lumbar area down into your pelvis, into your seat. Relax now. And don't let any outside influences cause any disturbance, because you're in charge. You're fully focused now on getting yourself to relax. Len, please mute. Len, please mute. Pam, can you call Len to mute?
Kathleen called him. So be undeterred in your center. Be at peace. So now your whole back, feel it effortlessly balanced and relaxed throughout the back. Feel the vibrant energy move up the back, through the spinal column, up through the skull, sending relaxation, sending release. Relax. Now relax your chest. Let it be expansive and clear. Relax your abdomen. You often carry a lot of tension there. Release, relax the abdomen and relax the loins. Relax. Your breath is still moving evenly and easily. Have your whole body relaxed now. Include the arms. Have them relaxed from where they attach to the shoulders, down through the hands, through the tips of your fingers, relax. And now your legs from the hips, all the way down through the feet, through the tips of your toes, relax. The entire body inside and out, including all of your organs, all of your systems, like the circulatory system, respiratory system, neurological system, glandular, all the systems relax now. Let your body feel like a continuous, uninterrupted energy field that is in beautiful harmony. Relaxed. Notice now how your breath has become more subtle. Everything about you is deeply relaxed. Even your mind, your feelings and emotions. Everything about you is at ease, released, relaxed. Savor that sense of being with yourself in your center. Because in your center, you're most aware of yourself being. And your faculties are now resting in your center in harmonious, integrated balance. state of tranquility where there are still like a beautiful mountain lake on a still day in which the waters are unruffled and the lake surface provides a beautiful mirror image of the sun The sun is not only an image on the surface, but penetrates all the way to the foundation, 
See that as the light of consciousness. The awareness of being, which your faculties now are reflecting to you perfectly in this unfluctuating state. Savor this experience of being deeply in harmony and in love with yourself, the being that you really are. Be at peace. Have your mind remain steadily present in your center. It doesn't have to comment on this. It doesn't have to make this happen. Mind is just present. And if sometimes it jumps to one thing or another, don't fight it. Don't worry about it. Simply bring that back to the center, whatever the thought was or the impulse, bring it back to your center and make it part of your experience of being right now. Be in the continuous experience simply of being. am that I am. Now your breath, your steady reminder, be focused in your center the area of your heart.
Notice how the relaxation flows deeper and deeper. Savor the experience of being with yourself with unconditional acceptance, with love. Now gently stretch out your arms overhead. Inhale and exhale deeply. And you don't have to come out of this state. You can remain in it. You can remain balanced, clear, and consciousness is always a good idea. So our purpose is to not be in the state for an hour a day when we sit in meditation, but to be in that state continuously. Now, it's a noble purpose, but you may not be achieving that immediately just because we talked about it. But what better thing to give to yourself in life than to experience your life with you in it consciously with unconditional self-acceptance with balance with clarity and empowerment this you deserve to give to yourself but you need to it doesn't happen by you just saying the words or hoping for it it deserves for you to give it the attention to make it actually come about. And ultimately what it comes down to is 
that you find yourself deserving of such attention. That you find yourself deserving to put in the practice and the goodwill and, yes, the training to have yourself live continuously in this empowered state of being present, being conscious, being in a loving relationship with yourself and through that with all. So, I have promised uh, to give you 15 minutes at least for questions and comments. So let's start out with some questions and comments. How do you feel? Venture forth. I talked a lot now. I'll give you a moment to do some talking to. How do you feel? Anyone? Does anyone have any feelings? <laughs> I, I have a comment, Gerhard. Yes. Is with, with the, those of you who want to speak, just remember to unmute um, yourself and we'll be able to hear you. Right. Good, good idea, uh, Pam. Thank you. And then when you're done, mute again. Yes. Otherwise, we have all kinds of static and interferences. All right. Any other comments? Do you want me to just call upon some of you? How about Lynn? We heard plenty of you before. What's your comment? Unmute. Well, hi, Eric. Hi. It's Lynn or Dr. Lynn, I'm unaware of. You. Oh, I didn't, I've been muted the entire time. You didn't hear any word peep out of me. Well, yeah, good, okay. So, um, well, this was, I got some, I took a few notes here, and I thought this was um, very good about um, devotedly attending to myself, I think, you know, just like you might attend to somebody else, but to devotedly attend to yourself is a, a really good thing and unconditionally accept myself by myself those I find two huge sentences right good good you picked out some good ones <laughs> all right how about Vicky Vicky yeah she's I think she's working Let's on She's looking for a mute button. Uh, let me see if I can help her here. Mm. I think that's on Diana's. I mean, let me try this and see how we do. And you unmute um, Diana so Vicky can speak. Oh, there she is. Never mind. I see her. I see her. And Sherilyn and I are sharing. Good, we can hear you. Yeah.
Good, good. All right. Um, yes? You're very relaxed, yeah? Very relaxed, yes. Yes. Excellent. Good. And anyone else? How about you, Diana Hill? Yes, I am. Okay. Rick, do you want to say something? Rick? I see him. Yeah, is he look, looking for his mute button? There we go. About the reflection. Exactly. Relationship with others. Excellent. Ego is the concept of I am a separate entity that is contained within the skin, the body-mind construct. So that ego is by its very nature uh, isolating and separate, disconnected. Whereas self which is the essence that we are, yes, the power of being that we are, is the same essence in everything that is. And therein lies our interconnectedness, the true interconnectedness. So when you are focused on the self that you are, you're focused on the self that all are. You know, it's like, where is the center of infinity? You are, <laughs> and I am, and all of us are, right? And so, it's the whole, the, also the concept of the holism. We are one facet, we're not only a we are a facet of the whole, but we are also the whole. So in in focusing on the essence that we are, we're focusing on the interconnected essence of all. And that's where the relationship of interconnected then is actually experienced and enacted, 
lived? That's a, an important question that you asked, like, thank you. Thank you. Robin, how about you? Do you have anything to say? Great. From your question, it, it is evident that you were actually there uh, and, you know, participating, which means that you should thank yourself for having brought yourself to this, because this can be a, a very important turning point in everyone's life. If you, through this, are inspired to learn to take care of yourself and to relate to yourself lovingly. How about you, Wada? You viewed itself, Amanda. I'm sorry, I started speaking without um, unmuting myself. Um, thank you for inviting me. Um, um, Mr. Rogo, I, I took a lot of notes. <laughs> <laughs> You, you should compare. So I don't know if that's a good thing or it's a bad thing. But one thing that I wrote is, you know, you said um, unconditionally accepting oneself is very rare, but it is the root of love. Yes. Um, I just wanted, if you can just go into that just a little bit more. I feel like I didn't get enough. Okay, how is unconditional self-acceptance. Let's feel this for a moment, where you are in agreement with everything about who you really are, about you, the real you, you're in complete agreement with that. And that, to me, is what love is about, to being one with the agreement which makes you be one with what is all about you. That is love. That at oneness. That is love. Does that do anything for you? Yes. So now, um, how can I try to understand how to say appropriately? Like, how can I take that? unconditionally accepting myself and loving myself and then bringing important people into my life into, into that state of being. Yes, well, first of all, you establish yourself in that state. And that, again, is not a passive thing that just happens automatically. You really need to focus on that. It's just like if you were in a love relationship, you would have to focus 
on your partner of love and upon that relationship and you you actually nurture it and build it and and continue it right uh, and for for you to be successful in that you need to know the the person whom you love right you know need to know not just the color of hair or the the stature or the body or the mind, you need to know the very wholeness of that person, the very essence of that person. Thus, you need to focus on learning to know yourself, because most people don't know that, who they really are. So now, if, if any of what I said makes any sense about who you really are, that's just the beginning. Then you, you get more and more into that. Now, if you, if you were really, really interested in a subject, wouldn't you inform yourself with the most relevant and informative sources that are available? If, if it's something really important to you, right? So that's what you do. You find a source. Find the best meditation teacher you can find. How do you know what is a real teacher? Well, when, it, when the real teacher speaks and says things that that re resound inside of you, reverberate inside of you. Did any of what I said today reverberate inside of you? That's how you look at it, you see? And then you... Well, I, yes, go ahead. I, I was actually... I didn't want to even get us out like that. I was really... Because I was telling Pam earlier today, you know, the last 15, 20 minutes of that session, was probably the most relaxed I've been in a few days. Uh-huh, yeah. And... Because the mind was just going everywhere, so thank you for that. Right, right. So from there you continue, and you, again, you find yourself important enough that you're worthy of that attention, of that research, so to say, but not just mentally, but experientially. So you find a source by which that experience will be most successfully cultivated. The experience of how to know yourself, how to be with yourself. Linda? Thank you very much. Okay. Linda? Linda? Okay. Yes. And so I, you know, I, I was really impressed with a lot of the comments from some of the new people. But yeah, it was a beautiful experience here, Hart. Well, good. I'm glad you gave that to yourself. Me too. <laughs> uh, by, by, by the way, when I first logged on, yeah. I thought, oh my God, that is Nick. <laughs> Well, and I told him, I said, I remember when you were like three years old, and just this little, little kid, and here you are, like, 
Well, while all this attention is lavished on Nick, we should not yeah. forget his better part, who is Anna. Anna, would you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I kind of, I kind of assumed it was his girlfriend, but I didn't want to like, you know, say that it could have been uh, his best friend's uh, sister. I don't know. But then I saw them kind of with her head on his shoulder. And I go, no, that's his girlfriend. She is much more <laughs> than his girlfriend. He, he, he loves her, he loves her almost as much as their two dogs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Look, one of them is on his lap. Now, Anna, Anna, you want to say something? How, how do you feel about this evening? That is wonderful, wonderful. Okay, while we're coming towards our conclusion, I want to give anyone else who hasn't spoken yet, is there anyone else who hasn't spoken yet? The opportunity yeah, to do so? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, we, yeah, we've heard about you, but not from you, so go ahead, Nick. <laughs> Very good. Exactly. Excellent. Yeah. And the thing is, when you focus on yourself, not only are you able to give better to everyone else, you're actually learning to focus more on them with love and with with understanding, with perception, with, with knowing them as you're focusing on yourself. So you're not taking away from them, you're only giving them as you give to yourself. Just with love. Yeah. Yes? Um, I was going to mention that I've 
should uh, you can start Kaufman had to leave now that he did give me a text saying that he was so relaxed and deeply oriented. Deeply what? Deeply oriented. Oh. From your yes. Good. And he's someone who goes on two week retreats on his own. Uh -huh. Well, next time he can take me with him. <laughs> well, you can go with me every day. I most most of my, our students do because <laughs> and their pets. I I have a a friend who was in my classes for many years uh, who is a tennis teacher. And one day, one day I came to the tennis court and he brought his little dog, which was like a, a poodle schnauzer combination, very smart and very alert. And the first day I met that dog, it just hung up from the moment it heard me say hello to, to him, to Ken. It just jumped on me and loved me and stuck to me even while I was playing tennis. And I said, Ken, how is it that this dog is so honed in on me? And he says, well, she hears you every day on tape when I do my, my yoga classes. <laughs> and so she knew my voice from, for years and years uh, as she was growing up, you know. So in the same way, you can all take me with you. Yeah. I think we actually got to meet the famous Kent because he made a comment in the 209 recording of week five, and it was a wonderful experience to hear him live. <laughs> okay. Good. Well, we're playing tennis tomorrow. I'll give him your greetings. <laughs> so I know we've run over, but um, I noticed that there were two lens on the call, and the lens with one end didn't want to speak at the time, I think, that um, the other one was talking, and I wonder if you do want to speak now. Okay. Yeah, hi, yeah, hi, this is Lynn, and I, um, I'm from Southern California, and um, Robin invited me tonight, so I'm happy to be here, and I really got a lot out of it. I, I came home so busy from work and I just jumped on the call so a little bit late and uh, it was just so nice and relaxing to just have that time to be peaceful and to center myself around my heart. Now I have a long uh, experience with self-realization fellowship and when they meditate um, they take the third eye and concentrate on the third eye chakra between the eyebrows and that's a connection with God and when you're meditating you ask God to reveal himself. You say reveal thyself, reveal thyself as a connection to God. So this was a nice um, alternative for me to be connected to my heart and to really be in touch more with myself and um, 
I just totally relax. I feel very peaceful. I like the um, isometrics of going down the body. And um, I just feel really terrific and relaxed right now. I really needed this tonight. So thank you for inviting me, Robin, and thank you, Earhart. I enjoyed it very much. Okay, man. Thank you, too. I see there is one more. Anjali, would you like to say something? We don't want to keep you out. All my life I've been thinking of others, and so I kind of feel like thinking of myself as narcissistic. But I do have a question. So now when someone asks me, well, who are you and you know, what are you about? Instead of pulling out my resume, I'm going to have to think about, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you have to speak about I don't know. <laughs> all functions of what I've functionally, functionally done all my life. You deserve some attention yourself, Angeline. And there you find the power, just like Nick was relating before, there you find the power to relate more richly and effectively uh, with others. And they enjoy that relationship then more. Uh, and as of the idea of being narcissistic, I think I answered that before when I talked to that in terms of ego and interconnectedness of self. Did you hear that answer? What am I about? Me. Like oh. someone said, in those days I threw out my resume, right? So now... Uh... Well, to answer what am I about, you need to find out. And it's worth it for you to invest the energy, uh, and it's high time <laughs> in this part of your life, to find out what you're really about, who you really are. And with that also becomes much more clear what to do in your life and how to be most successful and effective with that. Okay. Well, I thank you all for um, being together with me. And I, I find it interesting that even on you know, over the waves of the internet, we are still able to be together. And I think we managed quite well, didn't we, being together this evening. Thank you, Jeffrey. It was a real pleasure. So I thank you all for uh, your uh, connectedness and allowing us all to experience our interconnectedness. And I, the thing that I could wish you the most is that you find yourself sufficiently worthy of paying attention to who you really are and living in a harmonious, enlightened relationship with the being that you are. So I salute that being, I salute the being that you are and bow down ego before that. Namaste. And good night. Have a good life if you want to. Good night.